You're listening to Tejana Rascuacha. This is Marisela Barrera. Our opening song for this first season is the magnificent Alison Alonso from San Antonio. You could find her romantic EP on Spotify, where you find your music. This particular track is entitled Get Me High. Thank you, Allison, for sharing your voice here with us, not only here at the podcast, and uh, but sharing it with our, our community. Definitely a distinct voice especial that I think really has all the feels of San Antonio, puro San Antonio right there. So thank you. This episode, episode five, will feature some cuentos about growing up in San Antonio from some mujeres uh, from the Teatro Esperanza group. This is a group... Uh, out of the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center, and it was founded by Tony Plana. And he comes around and, and gives us some motivation and, and um, interacts and gives us feedback. And so we've been writing, well, first telling and now writing and now sharing our stories over a process of a month. We hope to develop this into a performance, a play in spring 2020 at the Esperanza. So this is a two-part episode. Uh, part one, uh, the Mujeres, uh, we're sharing our stories. And part two will be a little behind the scenes, uh, what goes down in terms of the process of talking about the story, because I think it's pretty special how we spend our Saturday mornings. Enjoy. Get your cafecito. Mironga, or maybe you're washing your car. I don't know. <laughs> um, and uh, enjoy. Thanks for, for listening. My name is Mildred Hilbridge. I was born and raised on the west side of San Antonio 78 years ago. Today I'm going to share a story about me, Abuelita. I have thought long and hard on my grandmother's life and on women in general who lived in that era, which was in the early 1900s and beyond. I heard all the stories about the family crossing the border from Mexico, and mostly they are stories about my grandfather. But what about my grandmother and all the other women that lived similar lives? 
I used to ask my mother about her mother, and she would mostly say, she was a saint, but I wanted to know why did she see her as a saint? Bits and pieces would come out in conversations between family members about my grandmother's life. The first story I heard about her was that she was raised in the same village as my grandfather and that when she was 17, she and my grandfather eloped, hoping to get married. Her parents reported them to the law. They were caught and brought back and were put in jail. They remained faithful to each other until she was of age and they were married. They started their family and were pretty much well off. My grandfather was overseer of an hacienda. He also had worked in a silver mine. They crossed over during the revolution. Basically, this period was so life-changing for all the people of that country. In my own personal life, I have to admire and respect the women of that era and any era when decisions taken will affect their lives forever. My grandmother made that decision to leave her country and her family forever. She knew that she would never return to see her parents and siblings. She knew that she was going to an unknown world, not knowing what was on the other side of the river. To me, this would have been the hardest part of leaving, knowing you would never see your parents again. But she believed in her husband and knew he would take care of her and their children. They would tell about them going to the fields and my grandmother would stay in the camp with the youngest children. She would prepare the meals on a campfire, wash their clothing in a tub and hang out to dry on any branch or bush she could find. That is what life was like for people that had to work the fields. When they became more prosperous, they owned a general store and all the family had different jobs, except my grandmother. She still saw to it that the family had hot meals and clean clothes to wear. At every point in her life, she was in charge of the well-being of the family. My grandmother never went to Mexico to see her parents and siblings. For many years, she lived in terror that the law would come and take her back until the family got her papers. Stories of how she helped neighbors out when in need or how she would cook for the pecan shellers that came to work for their pecan shelling business. She used to teach us kids how to sew by hand and to embroider. She loved plants and flowers. She used to grow herbs in her little garden. You could smell mint in her yard all the time. One of my most vivid memories of my grandmother is of her and I walking downtown from Tampico Street to Commerce Street. We walked the neighborhood streets to get to Commerce and halfway there, we would stop at a little tiendita and she would buy us a 7-Up and we would take turns sipping out of the bottle until it was gone. Then we would continue on to Commerce Street where we would stop at a nursery. 
This was her special place to buy her plants and herbs. She loved to shop for her plants. She would examine and smell and touch the plants until she was satisfied with her choices. Then we would continue the long trip back home, loaded down with containers of plants. The same ritual coming back, we would again stop at the tiendita and refresh ourselves with a 7-Up. As a child of about 9 or 10, it never occurred to me to question any of her actions. For example, on the way she would point out to me the name of the streets as we passed a street sign or just went on a different street. Later on, as I got older, I would think how amazing it was because my grandmother couldn't read or write. She memorized everything she wanted to learn. I also remember how she would sometimes ask the older kids to write a letter to her parents for her. She would give them a piece of paper and pencil and dictate the letter. It was always the same. I remember so well because I wrote one for her once. It started out. It is me, Cecilia. I am well. I hope you are well too. When I think back on that memory, I feel sadness for my grandmother. Hello. Let me tell you a story. My name is <laughs> okay. Rachel Delgado, and I was That's born good. on Monterey Street in the house my parents built. Back then, the partera would come, deliver the baby, the doctors would come later to certify the birth and make it legal. So that was my start on Monterey Street. Uh, those were more innocent times, I think, because the memories I have are growing up, going to the tienditas in the neighborhood to do errands for mom, my elementary school was a block away, Burleson Elementary, and it was all kinds of school activities. I remember the year we did the big square dancing production. I thought I was pretty cool. Another big event we had was a pageant. I was running for Queen of Burleson Elementary. I would sell raspas in front of the house. My parents would buy me a block of ice. I had the little scraper. I'd sit out there, try to talk the neighbors into coming to buy a snow cone from me and uh, build up my little, uh, my little, uh, chest of uh, money and I worked constantly doing that the closest I got was being princess it was a sad day for me because I was working so hard I kept taking in my money 
I would be told that, oh, you're getting in there, you're neck and neck with somebody else. But at the last moment, I was told, oh, the other girl's mom came in, checked the standing, and gave a donation to put her daughter over the top. <laughs> I was devastated. But life goes on. I had a beautiful dress that mom made for me, had my own little tiara, and had it for the longest time until someone borrowed it. And somehow it broke. So now I'm in the market for a new tiara. So that's the way life goes. But it was fun going to Burleson Elementary, <coughs> growing up in this neighborhood with uh, different uh, neighbors. We had a German lady lived uh, catty corner to our house. We had a couple of Anglos also, but the majority of the neighbors were Mexican and Mexican-American. So this neighborhood had all kinds of little stores. Back before we had the big grocery stores, we had tienditas. Little stores down the street. There was Resendez. There was another one called Guerreros. There were some uh, others that people would have uh, a part of their house would be the store. There was one called Teres. And even our neighbor, Petra, would sell sodas, candies, and cookies from her home. My little brother, Ruben, decided to go open up an account with our neighbor, and he never shared. We had no idea until the neighbor came and, and told Mom that her son had run up her bill, a bill, and that it was time to pay. So mom paid the bill, but she told Reuben, don't do that again. So that was the end of his first charge account. There was another store on West Commerce Street that was run by a Chinese man. I never saw the family. So it was just only the business that was in the neighborhood. I've heard stories about how it was Jimmy's Market. He used to bring in musicians on the weekends, kind of fitted in with the neighborhood. Used to have all kinds of uh, music and dancing performed on, the back, uh, on top of the platform of a truck. It eventually became a hardware store because I remember going in there with my dad when he needed to buy something. But we had all kinds of little stores, different sizes. Back on uh, another one on West Commerce at 24th Street was our Handy Andy, the biggest of the stores in the neighborhood. Uh, that's where we did the biggest shopping and one day we were driving by, I was still very little, 
And I amazed my parents, told them, oh, Handy Andy. And they were there like, how do you know that's Handy Andy? We don't, and you're too young to be able to read. How do you know that's Handy Andy? And my answer was, because of the monito orejon, the man with big ears. Their logo was Andy, which was their uh, clerk. And he had a round face, little spiky hair, kind of like, I guess, a crew cap type. And what I thought were big ears. And that's what, how I knew where we were at. So my parents said, okay, she recognized the logo. But that was the closest I got to impressing my parents with my intelligence. So we had all kinds of fun stuff in the neighborhood. We had a drive-in, Fiesta drive-in. And that's where I saw my first horror movie, The Creature of the Black Lagoon. It terrified me. I remember being in the back seat and just peeking over the the rest uh, the back end of the front seat and oh I never wanted to see another horror movie and still don't like them to this day. Another thing we had was our church Saint Augusta, which became Saint Jude like around 1965, had a baseball team. My dad was one of the coaches. So there used to be a, a field in that same area where the drive-in was. I guess back then there were a lot of empty spaces. So there I remember going to baseball games there. Uh, it's just uh, all kinds of activities throughout the neighborhood. We also, at one time, across the, our house, there was an artesian well. A big metal building with a kind, kind of like a pipe coming out of it. I think by the time that I remember it, it wasn't in use anymore. Back then, many, a long, long time ago, there used to be a lot of, I guess, vegetable fields. There was a lot of the Belgian community had a lot of farms in this area. Eventually, one of the bigger farms became the property uh, that is Las Palmas Shopping Center. Now, that was a big deal when they built that, when they opened that shopping center. They, op they built some... Uh, some new houses, there was the Las Palmas neighborhood, and there was like everything you could want. I remember a Walgreens, a beauty shop, all these little five, five and ten cent stores, five and dime, niceners, and of course, the big Joski's department store, which otherwise you, you would have had to go downtown. Uh, all kinds of, uh, there was an HB there too. All kinds of Western Auto, Franklin's, 
Shaw's Jewelry, all the little shops you could think of. So that was the big shopping center. Eventually, when I was in elementary school and when I was still at Burleson, I got to go with a friend of mine. I've always liked the art. I used to be uh, the assistant to my friend who was, a wonderful, who was a wonderful artist. We went and did Thanksgiving uh, pictures on the windows of Franklin's. But that was back, uh, would have been in the 50s sixties uh, and it was a much simpler time, more innocent. We had what we needed. We were poor but we had everything we needed. Our parents made sure we were well fed, well dressed, and made sure we go to we went to school. So that was the pleasant memories of my childhood. Another time, I'll tell you another story. Later. <laughs> You're listening to Tejana Rascuacha. We've heard from Mildred and Rachel, two actor, writers, performers, teatristas at the Teatro Esperanza, launched by Tony Plana and facilitated by me, Maricela Barrera. I'm learning a lot. Of course, I've, uh, I've been a teatrista for many years since I could remember, really. I've been trying to perform, or not trying, but doing it. And in this process, I'm learning quite a bit. So I'm very grateful to be part of the circle of mujeres in the West Side at the Esperanza. So part two is coming up, and you'll hear s some more stories.